The Lessons of Porn. Would you ever take a drug that takes hold of your mind and heart to plant abusive and degrading images and ideas there, which you can never then forget? That destroys your sexual, social, and spiritual life, and, if you use it frequently, turns you into a predatory reptile. A drug more addictive than cocaine or ecstasy, tobacco or alcohol, because it takes root in an instinct that is primordial to life and twists it. A drug that cripples your brain and corrodes personal, social, and professional relationships, and for that very reason, a drug more dangerous, pervasive, and destructive to any society than terrorism, environmental pollution, or natural disasters. A drug you will always leave recovering from, from the first contact, just as all those who have managed to overcome their addiction to alcohol, heroin, or tobacco spend the rest of their days in watchful, daily, ongoing recovery. And how would you like this drug to be distributed free, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, without restrictions or limits, to your sons and daughters, your grandsons and granddaughters, your partner, neighbors, friends, colleagues, deforming and enslaving them all to its power. This drug is being distributed right now for free without even having to go anywhere to procure it to your children, grandchildren, partners, neighbors, friends, and colleagues. This drug is pornography, the most accessible, widespread, and devastating drug of the 21st century. We are all under its influence, yet we dare not even talk about it because it's uh, uncomfortable. For the last 30 years at least, pornography has been available to everyone regardless of age, race, religion, or political persuasion anywhere in the world with just a couple of clicks in a matter of seconds for free 24 hours a day every day of every year with no restriction or limit other than your time and your internet connection. Why should this concern us? Because pornography taints all our relationships and looks, actions and intentions. It destroys our intimacy and innocence and dictates how and with whom we should go to bed or not. And it teaches us that the people around us, no matter who they are and where we are, are not people, but more or less attractive parcels of flesh to be used in a thousand degrading ways without any attachment, appreciation or responsibility. Because that's how you end up seeing them, and that's how they all end up seeing you. According to research carried by Dr. Natalie Purcell at the University of California in 2012 into the most popular content in porn movies, these are some of the favorite lessons of pornography. That only women with breasts or hips of a specific size are attractive. That only men with penises of a specific size are attractive. And they must also have the stamina of Olympic athletes to be men. That sexual intercourse, the most intimate physical contact and contract we will ever establish with anyone, is mere recreation, <laughs> without physical, mental, moral, emotional, or spiritual consequences. 
that promiscuity is a great idea, even amid a pandemic. Have you ever thought, how can pornography continue to be produced while COVID-19 threatened the whole planet? You and I were cooped up at home, disinfecting our hands 10 times a day, taking extreme precaution, overdoing hygiene, wearing masks to cover our mouths. It was illegal to gather in public, to visit our own relatives in hospital or nursing homes. And yet, porn actors the people who most enjoy unprotected physical contact with any stranger or object that crosses their path, kept going about their business, happy as can be. Hmm. What else does pornography teach us? That the more partners we have, the greater our worth as men, women, or individuals. That venereal diseases like syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia, chancroid, AIDS, no longer exist, they needn't worry us, and therefore no prophylactic or emotional protection is needed before jumping into bed with anyone. That sexual contact, which nature intends for the survival of the species, is pure fun and pastime, because thanks to abortion, we can easily interrupt pregnancy. Let somebody else worry about the survival of the species. That for us men to excite ourselves and bring our partner to the height of ecstasy, we must hit her, gag her, spank her, slap her, pull her hair, tie her up, and even torture her, at least from time to time. Penetrate her anus, ejaculate in her face, or even urinate on her. Do you have a sister, a daughter, or a granddaughter? Thanks to pornography, this is what she is expected to tolerate today. Do you have a brother, son, or grandson? This is what he is expected to demand and do. What else does pornography teach us? That it is perfectly hygienic and delightful to penetrate someone through the anus and then take the penis, thus loaded with fecal matter containing hepatitis A, streptococcus, salmonella, E. coli, and more, directly into the mouth of the person penetrated, so that they can clean it. And this person, already humiliated by the penetration, is now doubly and triply reduced by the insertion of the infected penis into their mouth. <laughs> and they must celebrate this as a particularly erotic and exciting moment. Imagine your daughter, granddaughter, and younger sister, denigrated in such a way. Pornography teaches us and our children that men are simple predators with no greater aspiration ever in life than sexual conquest, and that women might as well abandon their puritanical squeamishness once and for all, because, come on, deep down, they are creatures in heat all the time, whether at the office, school, home, neighbor's house, picnic, supermarket, train, plane, even in church. <laughs> oh, women are bunnies in heat, entirely unable to resist the advances of the hairiest of yokels. And they give in immediately, and even ask for more. How wonderful and uplifting the lessons of this most addictive and impoverishing drug of the 21st century. What other lessons does pornography have for us? 
that you should share your partner with your friends, your neighbors, your enemies, any stranger in a club or on the road. Swing on! That incest, yes, incest, the worst idea ever for the health of the family and the genetic code. It's fun. It's a great idea that fathers and mothers must use their daughters and sons for sexual gratification and vice versa. That daughters and sons must constantly be spying on their father and mother to jump out and offer themselves to them as partners, completely twisting the function and purpose of the family as a protective environment for children. That infidelity to your partner is of no consequence. Unless, of course, they are unfaithful to you. <laughs> Infidelity only proves that you are very hot, very desirable, and highly sexed, as I have heard some women describe themselves. That you must shave your genitals so as not to cause rejection or disgust. That the one thing you can't miss on any holiday or that course you're taking or your new job is a sexual fling with some unknown stranger there. That men are not men and women are not women unless we have a life of sexual promiscuity. And worse, because it's crueler. That no boy will ever be a man and no girl will ever be a woman until they've had sex with friends and partners and strangers many times. That your actions and addictions nowadays have no impact on your career and your future. Because your future employers, friends, associates, neighbors or clients, your children and grandchildren will watch all your videos on the internet forever and ever, and yet they will still offer you a job. Associate with you. Be happy that you are their neighbor. Leave their kids with you. That you are their mother and grandmother. And they will embrace or hire you without any fear that your sexual escapades will be associated with their brand or their name. That the intimate sexual contact and contract ends at the moment of orgasm or ejaculation. And the partner we sleep with we'll simply move on with their life there and then, as we will with ours. We will immediately forget about each other with no ties, trauma, or emotion whatsoever. We use each other with passion and madness, and that's it. Goodbye forever, goodbye, without any misgivings, resentment, or consequence. That the person with whom we celebrate the most intimate and vulnerable physical and spiritual contact possible between human beings is just a cipher, a scrap, as anonymous and inconsequential as all those strangers you pass by without even noticing on your way to work. And that's what you are to all of them, of course, not even a blink of an eye. That's what pornography teaches us. And it's truly poisonous and insidious because it rewires our brains as it teaches all these lessons. Our looks, our gaze becomes rotten. Thanks to pornography, we walk in our filth and among the degradation of all those around us because they too are watching pornography. Imagine that your children's teacher or babysitter, your neighbors across the street and next door, the parents of your children's friends, may spend hours watching pornography every week. 
It is common for a child to spend more hours per week with their teacher than with their parents, especially if the mother also works. Does it not matter to you? Does it make no difference to you that the teacher with whom your children spend long hours every day, month after month, every year, might be spending their nights perusing images of erotic encounters with minors, with strangers, with machines, crowds, inanimate objects, animals, even robots? Are you really going to tell me that it is none of your business to question it because everyone is free to live their lives as they please? Think of your children, of all the children in the world. They, too, have the right to grow and live their lives as they please, as best they can. They have the right to be happy, respected, and given a healthy environment, and it won't help them to be surrounded by people who look at them as pieces of meat to satisfy their libido. Realize that the same applies to your doctor, dentist, postman, the courier who comes to your house with packages, that taxi driver who picks you, your partner, your sister, your daughter, your mother, and the corner shopkeeper, the gardener, the watchman, the policeman, the waiter who serves your food, the chef who prepares it, the ice cream vendor, your schoolmates or workmates, your bosses and superiors, and those of every person in your family. Does it make no difference to you that so many people around you and your family could be victims of this drug which corrupts and brutalizes every look, every grace, all sensitivity? Oh, Gabriel, but no one can dictate what others do with their lives. Well, pornography does it every minute of every day, my dear. Oh, no, Gabriel Porras. Pornography is entertainment, and everyone can decide whether to consume it or not, because everyone is free to do what they want with their lives. We shouldn't judge what others do. Fine. Sure. You cannot dictate what they inject, snort, or consume as a drug either. But all other drugs we have regulated or banned and we restrict their access and distribution because if cocaine, ecstasy, LSD, or amphetamines were freely available to anyone, society would soon collapse. Our governments spend millions of dollars every year to control the access and supply of these drugs so they don't destroy our lives. Pornography, on the other hand, is left to run free. All it takes is a couple of clicks on your computer and poof, you're there. Its moral and physiological effects are more than proven. Pornography stimulates violence, social, racial, sexual, and religious prejudice, pedophilia, rape, incest, infidelity, prostitution, human slavery, and trafficking. And it is proven that it can rewire our brains to make us more reptilian, less human, less intelligent, and less compassionate. Pornography runs freely in every corner of the planet and enters uninvited. Our homes, schools, families, communities, customs and fantasies, whether we want it or not, whether we procure it or not, thanks to the connectivity of the Internet. You and I are adults. You and I have already navigated and emerged more or less badly wounded from the process of physical development and socialization. But our children and grandchildren will have to navigate a much murkier swamp than ours, 
a much less compassionate and much more lustful, corrupt, and hypersexualized world in which everything is there to induce arousal. Our children are not free to make their own discovery of sexuality and make their own choices on their own terms in their own time. The encounter with porn forever stunts them with its reptilian vision of love, relationships, their own bodies. Our daughters and granddaughters will have to breathe much more polluted air than we do, literally and metaphorically. And it's entirely legitimate to compare pornography to environmental pollution because no matter how well-educated, sensitive, open-minded, creative, friendly, or funny we are, an ecological catastrophe will kill all of us. All of us. So will a moral catastrophe. Pornography is as insidious and devastating a poison as nuclear fallout or the pollution of the seas. Pornography is the environmental pollution of hearts and minds. If we do nothing about it, we are cowards. And our children and grandchildren, our daughters and granddaughters, will demand answers from us with tears and hatred in just a few years. If we do nothing about it, we earn their contempt and condemnation because we handed them a poisoned world in which they will suffer alone and wounded all their days by a stunted and degrading sex life already predetermined for them by the lessons of porn. And what about other societies and cultures that are less industrialized and corrupt than ours? We are corrupting them, too. When a culture is less shallow and cynical than ours, the poison falls on ground that is even less prepared to resist it. Imagine a man, woman, or child stumbling across pornography in Tibet, in New Guinea, in the Congo, in the mountains and plains of Asia, Alaska, or Latin America. Their culture, their family and social structure are much more close-knit and intimate than ours. The damage takes root in a much smaller, much more compact community, more like an extended family, where everyone spends all day and night in contact with each other in the same palapa, igloo, or room. Like a virus, corruption will spread much faster, given the proximity and lack of defenses built by what we call progress. And there in Tibet, the Andes, or the Congo, the corrupting seed of pornography arrives and plants itself in the virgin and fertile soil of simpler, less cauterized, less cynical and questioning minds than ours. We are responsible for them and their children too, because the women and all the minors of that remote community are, like our children and grandchildren, exposed to a monster that will devour them, a beast that can only see them as sacks of meat for its reptile pleasure. Do you think I'm exaggerating? Do you think it awkward or inappropriate that I should have addressed this urgent issue today? It is not my intention to offend anyone. I'm proud to do what I'm doing, which is to speak publicly about the problem because this is a pandemic that will only be solved when we bring it out into the open, to expose it for how destructive and insidious it is. As we did, remember, a couple of decades ago, 
When smoking was still being sold to young people around the globe as proof of sophistication and maturity. Ah, <laughs> when it's just stupid, path-induced suicide. Do we want a world where we are less human, less intelligent, less compassionate and transparent? Of course not. The first and most significant step towards the solution is talking publicly about the problem. Stop kidding yourself that this is a male problem because now up to 40% of pornography users are women and girls. We need to destigmatize it so that those most affected by addiction to pornography, and four out of ten of these are women, can feel free to seek and find help. The more naturally we can talk about it, the less shameful it will be for all of us to seek help and advice. Another practical step would be to require every pornographic product and channel to have, like cigarette packs nowadays, huge and explicit warnings that the consumption of this product, even in small quantities, is harmful and irreparable to health. Or some similar message. There are many valuable resources everywhere. There are blogs, podcasts, and YouTube channels dedicated to this fight. Search for Fight the New Drug, Changing Attitudes, Exodus Cry, Start by watching the YouTube film Nefarious and others from Exodus Cry and Raised on Porn about the effect of pornography on school children. I'll leave this and other links below. Get informed. Get involved. Thanks for listening. I am Gabriel Porras, professional voice artist. Visit me at gabrielvoice.com and radiantwhispers.com. Please share this message with others, because we all need to hear it. Let's fight together for a better world.